hello, welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin, the only podcast where if we owned a Chinese restaurant, our soy sauce packets would say no funkin' on them as opposed to no MSG. I'm your host, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Coming to you live from the City of Angels, uh, defending world champions in baseball, basketball. I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm doing not great because we just were talking about the Mets suck, and I, I I resent what you just did, honestly. Like that, just it's yeah, it's just rude and unnecessary. But we'll move past it because we're not here to talk about sports grievances. Um, we're talking about Mr. Monk, Mr. Monk's favorite show, the first episode of season eight of Monk. Um, we're in the we're in the home stretch. Uh, how yeah, does it feel? We're almost there. It's good. I mean, honestly, if like you would have told me five, ten, any X amount of years ago, besides one year ago, that I would have done a Monk rewatch podcast, that would have laughed in your fucking face. Um, so yeah, I did we're, it. We're here. We're Hell here, yeah. and we're like, what? What is it? How many? Sixteen episodes. Sixteen episodes. Yeah. Um, like so at the same. We have. Weeks. Yeah, we have the same amount of episodes as most Def and Bruce Willis had blocks to go. So, um, you Ooh. know, <laughs> that's not a movie I've seen. It's just a movie title I know. Um, What's the one with Chadwick Boseman? Uh, that's Twenty One Bridges, which is actually a misnomer because there are actually only seventeen bridges that go into right. Manhattan, but there are four tunnels, and so I guess they just combine them. Um, it's anyway, a good movie. I, like it. I haven't seen it. I heard it's good. Um, yeah. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Twenty One Bridges, Mr. Monk's favorite show. Um, you know, I think the funny thing about shows like Monk is that, like, even though this is the season, the final season premiere. There's none of there's no like pomp and circumstance with season premieres, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's not like um, they, they they don't do anything special for the beginning or for the end, really. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the so, end uh, in the last few seasons they started to have like last season not so much, but like Mr. Monk is on the run was a fine it was uh, a season finale, and then um, actually it's mostly just that, and then obviously the series finale. But Mr. Monk is on the run yeah. doing a two parter there was an unusual thing. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, obviously, I, I mean, I wanted to get to, like, what your favorite show is, but I think we know what the answer to that question is. It's, I mean, yes. It, it, I, I di- I, I'm doing a podcast about Monk. Although, honestly, under my head, it's like, Monk's actually not my favorite show. No, 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 oh, no, no, yeah. no, I'm saying. Oh, okay. No, it's not the West Wing. West Wing, it's Community. Not even close. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 The West Wing and Monk, my top five is probably Community, Monk, Parks and Rec, The West Wing. No, wait, no, sorry. Community, Psych, Monk, Parks and Rec, The West Wing. Jeez, um, you're a USA Lloyd. Only two of those are USA Network shows. And also, yeah. That's two too many. That's, well, one, you just, you're on fucking season eight of a Monk Rewatch podcast, so you better watch your tone. And two, it's my sensibility. It's what I grew up with. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, this show won't even crack top 15. Not even top 20. Uh, yeah, because you just watch so much goddamn good television. Anyway. No, 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 I'm no. It's just like it's different. Uh, no, my yeah, top yeah. Five, my top five, uh, it, it, like one or two spots definitely switch off every once in a while, depending. But the ones that you can consistently count on is Twin Peaks, The Sopranos, and The Wire. Um, and then the other two spots currently right now that would occupy would probably be The Leftovers and, oh man, I don't know, I like Homeland a lot. See, the, good. The, the, the Americans, or the I Americans. think the key distinction between you and I is that the most episodes of any of those shows is probably like 60 and none of the shows I named have less than 100. 
I just love, I, I need a show, I need a show to be, well, they're like, I love show. there are a lot of shows I love that have, like, serialized drama, the shows that I return to that have a special place in my heart are all ones that are episodic. That's always the way I've been. Yeah, no, I like, I like, I like, uh, storyline-driven, uh, narratives. Yeah, I, I love episodic television, and I really kind of hate the fact that it, that all episodic television now sucks, because everyone who's good at TV writing wants to write something that's serialized. Um, so, like, the only episodic shows are the ones on CBS that, like, you know, grandmothers watch, which blows. Mine would be, like, Law & Order, Law & Order. Yeah, yeah Law & Order, exactly. Episodic. Law & Order is the OG classic, guy. the OG, but, like, yeah, I think that's the reason I like the USA Network shows, honestly, is because they are episodic TV shows, but are, have care and are creative and original, as opposed, and obviously I think they eventually stopped doing that, but, like, Monk and Psych were, like, the two OG, well, that in The Dead Zone starring Anthony Michael Hall, but no one needs to talk about that. Um, anyway... Right. Mr. Monk's favorite show. We uh, start off um, with uh, Monk and Natalie camping out like a couple dweebs before a new Star Wars movie. But this said they're in front of a bookstore. Eggheads. Nerds. Yeah, they're posted up. Uh, my first question to you would be, <clears throat> have you ever sat no. or like... No. Okay. Because there's watch. not really in many reasons. Like, I think that there's really no reason to in this day and age... You know, like, what would I be doing it for? Um, yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. I The only time I've ever done it was, like, I was in high school. I think I was a senior in high school. And I think it was just for, like, a Taking Back Sunday, Long Island's finest uh, emo mm-hmm. band, mm-hmm. Uh, for, like, their album release, like, concert. And okay. I was there for that. And I was definitely... Because the, I... the problem is you have to make damn sure that you get in, you know? Okay, no, but... Uh, <laughs> funny. But, the, but this will relate to, basically, this whole podcast... I was definitely old cucky that day because uh, I definitely went with this girl that I was interested at the time who later on ended up becoming my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and But at the time, we weren't like dating like that. So I went thinking that like it was me, her, and like a couple of other friends. And then she ended up like just shacking up with this dude right next to me. And I was just, I was down well, real bad. Yeah, down bad and woof, not good. But no, I think yeah. the thing is that the only real time I would do it is the only thing I know that you still need to do it, not now because of COVID, but this is, that's still how um, most SNL tickets are given out. You have to camp out, but that's the only time that, like, the only place I would consider doing it. Um, but, uh, yeah. I know a couple people have done that. But, yeah, so they're waiting out outside, and um, apparently uh, it's for a book being what, released. What, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. Book being released by Christine Rapp, who is on Monk's favorite TV show, The Cooper Clan. Um and, uh, yeah, you know, it's, we never heard of the show before, but apparently it meant a lot to Mr. Monk. Right. It meant a lot to him, and it's clearly, I mean, as we see later, it's a Brady Bunch knockoff. Um, yeah. You know, Cooper Clan, good name. It yeah. just reminds me of my boy, Dale Cooper, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he mentions the fact that, like, yeah, he loved the show growing up, and as you said, we never heard about it, but... According to him, they were the only friends that he ever had. The only family um, he ever had, really. I mean... Yeah, yeah. Well, he says that later, but yeah, right yeah, now he course. says it's the only friends he ever had. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah, go ahead. So, yeah. No, I was just going to say that then we cut to... Uh, well, Madly asks what he's going to say to her, and he says, I'm going to say thank you, which is a very nice thing to say. Then we cut to, um... Like a TV station, or radio station, I think. Yeah, radio station. And, uh... Yeah. Christine wants to just done an interview there. She's being walked out by her assistant, and there's a bunch of paparazzi... Which I can't imagine. This is the, th- the difference between this and the Brady Bunch is that there's no one in the Brady Bunch cast that is still seen by paparazzi. Um, right. Yeah. No, I can't think of a person. 
Yeah. Um, obviously, there are probably still people from, like, sitcoms from that era, but the Brady Bunch specifically, like, there just aren't... I feel like a lot of the people who are child stars in, like, the 80s or 70s and 80s were the people who played, like, the teen characters. The people who played, like, the kids really never really mounted anything. Um, I'm sure they've gotten to drugs and stuff, but not anything notable. I mean, heroin is pretty notable, if you ask me. But anyway. It is, yes. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, while she's leaving there, the paparazzi are asking her a bunch of questions, mm-hmm. and they're talking about her book, and essentially what we gather is that it's like a tell-all kind of book, mm-hmm. very scandalous. Mm-hmm. She's trashing her old co-star. She's trashing people in her life that have come around, and apparently one of them, one of them took exception and said that she needed to watch her back. Yes, Stephen Dorn, who apparently played her brother, and is not Stephen Dorf, but based on some of his actions recently, Stephen Dorf might have also said that too. Correct. After hitting a blue nicotine pen. Mm-hmm, yeah, um, and so uh, also I should say I wish. Because there are some, like, tell-all books that come out these days, but Hollywood is so, like, self-protective that nothing this salacious comes out, and I would love nothing more. Like... I know, me too. It's, 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 lo- it's Everyone's so lawsuit happy. I'm just gonna say this, and this is... I'm not proud of this part of myself, but I would love okay, nothing more. Okay, come on. I am proud of I'm fine with this part about myself. <laughs> I just want... Like, I just want a celebrity just to give me a list of all the other celebrities they've had sex with. Honestly. Like, I just, I just want that. <laughs> you know, I can't pretend like I don't want that, you know? Like, it'd be unfortunately, fascinating. The, uh, unfortunately, the ones that do are the ones that you just don't believe. Or the ones that are so obvious. Like, if, like, when, like... I remember, like remember, do you remember? Lohan or something? Yeah, exactly. When the Lindsay Lohan, like, list leaked. It's like, that's not that interesting. Because, sure, yeah. There's... The only thing that could be interesting is if she, like, had sex with someone crazy, like Cesar Milan. You know? <laughs> I don't know why that was the most crazy person I could think of, but... <laughs> I mean, probably because he's gay. Yeah, that I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking about the capers and someone. Wait, is he gay? I I mean, I know he's gay, but I I don't think he's. It doesn't matter. There's not going to question that. But but but, but also but also also when you said you're not proud of it, except you had a whole podcast basically. Yes, it was sort of history. It was more about like actual like crimes and stuff people did. But like, I just am like fascinated to know who on what TV shows had sex with each other. I mean, it's really just like, like I mean, as a community was my favorite show i remember someone posted on the community reddit don Glo- a show from childish gambino before he was like super big where he was doing a freestyle and in one of his lines he alluded to having sex with allison brie and it was like the biggest deal on the community subreddit you know what i mean like it's just this, this is the things you want to know but anyway 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 and then she ended up with dave franco just yeah. shameful i mean i mean yeah because she wanted to see eye to eye with her partner um so she uh put but, but, yeah yeah ha ha king shaming um no, no but it's he's really short it's not king shaming no, no no i know but you know what's funny is like i remember um i used to date this girl and we <clears throat> she was like she liked dave franco a lot he's I handsome dave franco a lot more oh yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, she was into him, and I remember one time we were at a bar watching a World Cup game. This must have been 2014? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were watching a World Cup game at this bar called Hyperion Public. Um, mm-hmm. All my LA, all the LA people mm-hmm. uh, stand up. And we were there, and Dave Franco was sitting right next to us, and his voice is even more obnoxious in person. Like, I'm sure it oh is. Oh my god. Yeah. Very bad. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So, and my voice sucks. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh yeah, I, I can never judge anyone's voice for being annoying, obviously. Um, yeah. So she then goes to start her car, and it uh, it explodes, um, which is uh, not good. It's less than ideal. But we cut away, coded the theme song, cut back. She 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 almost got Trudy monked. She did almost get Trudy monked. People forget that. I'm uh, surprised that he takes it as well as he does. To be that is true. Honest. Yeah, because there's another woman in his life who almost got blown up by a car bomb. Um, yeah. But then we see Monk. He's still outside the bookstore, 
And I'm surprised, I kind of was expecting the joke to be that he's the only one waiting, but there are a lot of people who are anxiously waiting to meet uh, Christine Rapp, because he's doing trivia with another superfan. Yeah, they're doing trivia, and, you know, obviously Monk's going to body that whole thing, and, uh, you know, he's trying to take Tally, or Natalie's supposed to be taking Tally, but clearly she's not, um, and Monk is just crushing this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing, he's doing, he's doing the most. Um, yeah. But he also, like, in the middle, like, after that whole thing happens, he talks about how every 8 o'clock at Tuesday mm-hmm. night, as long as he made it to that point in time, he was okay. Mm-hmm. Which, a weird way for you to, like, start or end your week would be on a Tuesday night. Yeah, it's also, I, I think I don't understand is that you would expect them to, in a meta joke, make the Cooper clan come on at the same time as Monk. You know what I mean? Like Right, or like, or like, if it's like such a popular show, why would, like, I don't think stuff aired on Tuesday nights like nah, that. It's, well, like, anything but Friday. But like, for example, Psych has an episode, their, fo- their uh, football episode is called Any Given Friday Night at 10pm, because that's when the show aired. And it's so like, I, I, I don't know why that the Cooper Clan didn't air. I, I just was expecting the Cooper Clan to air on Fridays at 9, just because that's what, you know, just would make sense for the show. Anyway. Right. Um, and so, uh... You know, the bookstore comes out, um, and he Monk immediately is handing him cash to buy the book. He tells him to keep the change. Um, the book is called Recuperating, which is good. It's a good title. Big fan. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, and so while that's all going on, the, books, I, the same bookstore owner tells him that basically the book signing has been canceled. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a result of what we saw in the previous scene, you know, because of the car bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we cut immediately to the crime scene and, you know, Monk is like freaking out because he, I think at this point he's assuming the worst, but it's mm-hmm. not like the worst freak out that you've ever seen. Um, no. But it's definitely, no, no. yeah, he's, he's not, he's not, um. He's not normal. No, he's definitely not. Now, he comes in, he's freaking out, yeah, and he tells Stoudemire that I watched her grow up, which Stoudemire has, thinks for a second. It's like, oh, all right, yeah. Um, apparently, the pipe bomb was pretty rudimentary. Anyone with an internet connection could have made it. But whenever a cop show says that, I always am just like, we're really fucked. That like, <laughs> it only takes an internet connect- connection to build the pipe bomb. Right. It just makes me think of, like, did you ever... Did you ever get into the anarchist cookbook? No, of course not. I'm or the, the lower. Pers- I mean, no, not that not that you read it, but oh. like just knowing about no, it. No, I know about it, and like I, I just have never had any interest in experimenting with stuff like that because both because I listen to my mother too much, but also because I just am a very, very, very clumsy person, and like so it's it's not it's I just can't trust myself to do anything dangerous. Like I had never was into like being a pyromaniac or anything like that because I just knew that. I would have burned my house down because I'm just an idiot. I think the closest thing I got to being a fucking moron about stuff, uh, the Mets lost, um, was um, I remember one time, I don't know why me and my cousin like decided that sticking a key into an outlet would be a fun thing to do. <laughs> so the first guy, <laughs> is that Tito's? Yeah, I just, sorry, guys, for those audio listeners, when he told me the Mets lost, I grabbed the bottle of Tito's handmade vodka, and I didn't actually take a swig from it, because it's 10.30, and I haven't drank tonight, and it's a Thursday, but, you know, I did, uh, t- I, I did just for comedic effect. Oh, you didn't actually drink it? No, I, I did a little bit, but I did think we put the tongue, your tongue in front of, like, because I wasn't, uh, I wasn't yeah, actually yeah. going to take a chug from it, because... I'll have you, you, I'll have you know, mm-hmm. I'll have you know that when I went to the Mets-Dodgers game, when I was out there, I definitely bought a Mets, uh, hat when mm. I was there. I like the Mets. I actually I mean, like, the, the Mets I, are hard I to love hate. going to Mets games. Oh, because as as anyone will tell you, City Field is the stadium of the people. Because Yankee Stadium oh, is yeah. a bunch of elites, where City Field is like real people. Um, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I anyway. never got to go to Shea, unfortunately. Yeah, Shea oh. was, um, oh, I, I love the Mets. Yeah, it was dumb. Shea was truly like a, the, 
the county dump is like, jeez, man, you smell that place over there? Anyway, um, so, uh, Monk comes over, apparently there's some threatening letters that they found, and that, um, I love that when Monk sees her, he says, that's her, she got bigger. <laughs> right, um, it's borderline creepy to me, but anyway. Yes. Uh, so while that's happening, Natalie is reading the book, and Disha comes over, and this is probably my favorite scene of the whole, I, yeah. uh, episode. Um, I guess it's like, as I said earlier, it's like a tell-all, so she mentions that basically, as a child started growing up in Hollywood, she was basically fucking everybody. Now, I just want to know uh, that this was very reminiscent of the book that was never published by Joanne Raffleson, but called Between the Sheets and Mr. Monk and the Astronaut. Remember? That was basically her book. Oh, yeah, right. That's true. Yeah. Um, so she mentions, which problematic to me is that Ricardo Maltabon's on that list, because he seems like he would have been way fucking older than her. Oh, for sure. Age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, actually, all these people. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Dudley Moore on there, which I straight up disbelieve. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Cheech. Chung. Cheech and Chung. Cheech and Chung. Honestly, great joke. Great, great yeah joke. no that's oh, yeah that was my favorite and then uh bob denver who i for whatever reason thought was john denver no he's who, who I've less been listening famous. to. i i know i know who i mean yeah um i um, like gilligan's island a lot growing up but uh i do love the asterisk next to it and we're you know we're a podcast that goes wherever the podcast won't what do you think that means oh they did up the butt i mean <laughs> that's, that's, oh okay, that's, okay. That's, i thought i thought maybe <laughs> she just like sucked him off no no, no 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 i mean sure that could also be the case um but, uh, yeah, I just immediately thought, because the asterisk has been used to mean a butthole, you know. Um, oh, right, okay. Yeah, as you can tell by uh, my little background on my phone is the community flag, which has, uh, it uses as a butthole. E pluribus you, anus. You dirty, dirty boy. I've had that as my background since I was 16, and no one has noticed that it says anus on it. Anyway. I'm uh, sure you don't ever show anyone your phone. No, I, I, I don't, I honestly have, it's... People have had the opportunity to see it. Because, once again, I've had it for almost 10 years. And so just in the course of life, someone could have easily noticed it. But anyway, um, they go to page 73, and they look at something. And I look at this, like, is that even possible? And so whatever's going on, I don't even want to speculate what it is. But it's it's out there. Yeah. The truth is out there. And uh, so, so at this point, Monk um, comes over to uh, Christine who's uh, laying on a gurney, mm-hmm. and he's starstruck, of course, and uh, <clears throat> he's flubbing around, he's, 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 he can't quite speak um, very clearly, and uh, Natalie comes over with her finest uh, Sarah Connor look um, in the last Terminator movie. Very the, unique look. The last Terminator is in Terminator Dark Fate? Correct. I've only seen the Which, first I'll have you know, I'll have you know that that movie was on Amazon Prime for, like, I think a week. Mm-hmm. So I watched, like, the first half an hour, and I'm like, okay, we'll come back to it. Then the next week, it was, like, for rental. I'm like, I'm not paying for that. No. I, yeah, I I considered watching it, but I'm someone who I can't skip around in a franchise. So, like, I'm like, I do I want to see? I heard it was okay. I'm uh, skipping Genesis. I I'm sure. Genesis. I, I know I could skip Genesis, but, like, there's also, like, you know, other movies. <laughs> But, I watched all the other ones. I watched the McG one even. Um, God, I cannot Salvation, believe I that motherfucker is called McG and he's alive. No one's killed him. Why? Anyway, that's <laughs> Damn. that's a that's almost illegal. What I just said, but also the guy goes by McG. You can't blame me. Um, right. So uh, Monk he shakes her hand and then he says he's gonna save his wife forever, which is weird. Um, and Monk is definitely going overboard. This is probably my le- my these are my least favorite bits of the episode is when he's over fanning. Um, 
just because... Luckily, again, it stops after, it does. like, pretty, pretty But the soon. thing I don't like about it is that, not so much the way Monk's acting, but I always don't like when people don't react to Monk like normal people. Like, they, the assistant would be like, hey, he, she just had a traumatic incident, please don't talk to her like that, you know? Right, right, Like, right, that, right, right. It, this is frustrating to me. Yeah, um, so, so then, after that, like, Natalie shakes her hand, too, and she asks for a wipe, too, and, uh, and he asks why, <laughs> she says, you don't want to know. Yeah, Which I, is just like, I think that this is tough look. generally when uh, Natalie's at her best when she has to play this type of stuff. Um, and uh, so Kim Kelly, the assistant, pulls Monk aside and is like, hey, this guy's not going to stop. She needs um, a Kevin Costner. She needs a bodyguard. Um, mm-hmm. Nice. And uh, Monk immediately agrees to do it. And she says, all right. Uh, Why she would ask him to do it is beyond me. Yeah, this is, I think, this is the problem, too. Like, you can't have the scene right before it and then just her immediately ask that. You know, okay. or, like, you know, or at least justify it with saying something like, you know, she t- she tends to, like, turn people off, but you clearly seem to be a fan. So, like, to use the fact that he's weirding out over her as a justification as to why he's more qualified. But the fact they just act like he's the most qualified person, it's like, my dude is wearing, you know a plain beige suit and has no muscle definition. Why is he the bodyguard? Oh, I don't know if she's been turning off a lot of people. I think she's been turning them quite Uh, on. That's true. But maybe not enough to stay around after, you know, the morning after uh, and uh, watch guard. Anyway, um, she says, you know, $1,000 a week sound okay? And I do love that Monk says, I don't know if I can pay all at once. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. No, that is a good line. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Yeah, so apparently what they explain also is that she's been I'm sorry, no. You said that she's Did you know did you mention the part that Kim takes him aside? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um so yeah, apparently now he's in the Cooper clan. Yeah. And um so right after that, like immediately after that, we go into like a version of the show or like they're mm. watching an episode of it and mm. the highest quality Brady Bunch episode I've ever seen in my life. They should have made it look a little bit more aged. Yeah, it's. I honestly don't have notes. I didn't grow up on 70s sitcoms that much um, because my family was such a TV-watching family that we just watched what was new. The only really old show I really watched was Matlock um, just because my mom loved it. But Matlock uh, is... Who's the main guy in it? Again? Andy Griffith. Okay. He plays... Wow. Uh, def- it's, not, it's not the Andy Griffith show, right? No, no, no. It's, no, it's, it's Matlock. Same, right? It's... Yeah, it's, but it was in the 80s where he played an old Georgia-based uh, defense attorney who, you know, always saw... Like, basically, every single time he was the defense attorney, the, it would always end up that he would prove who else did it, which is, of course, not how trials actually work. But it would always be like, he'd be doing the cross, the closing, and be like, and, you know, my client, he uh, was supposed to be there then, but the wife was also there at the same time. It would just... But, it, you know, honestly, great show, though. Um, because Andy Griffith, I don't know if you know this, total pro, one of the greatest TV actors ever to live, et cetera, et cetera. Um, anyway. What else has he been in? I mean, the Andy Griffith show and Matlock. I mean, both of those shows lasted, li- or like, Matlock. Wait, he I was in Andy Griffith. Yeah, he was. That's what I said. You said. I thought you said fucking no. No, you, I thought you said, but not the Andy Griffith show. It's like, yeah, it's not the Oh, Andy no, Griffith. I said, okay, oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, the same guy. So yeah, he was, uh, on Matlock and the Andy Griffith show. So I think, you know, I feel like that's enough. Um, anyway. Yeah. So what's going? I'm not even going to describe what the plot is. The only thing you need to know is that one character says, uh, "Oh, Shucky Darns," um, which is just it's uh, it's strange the line of whether or not that actually be a catchphrase in a TV show. Um, I kind of like Shucky Darns. Um, 
if I would have known about this episode, I definitely would have signed off that way last time. Um, mm-hmm. But what but it reminds yeah, me of uh, is, did you ever see the? I saw it when it came out on DVD because I don't know why. But did you ever see the horrible David Spade vehicle, Dickie Roberts, former child star? No, I only seen like Joe Dirt. Um, because the uh, he plays a former child star, and his the, the his catchphrase in the old show was "nuckin' futs," which is like there's no way that they would let, do a spoonerism of fucking nuts in like the seventies. That's ridiculous. <laughs> right. Anyway. Right. That's true. Um. So, yeah, they uh. So they're watching that whole episode and. She mentions that, oh, like, because, like, basically while they're watching the episode, Monk is, like, finishing off every line of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And, and it's uh, honestly, and also, last time I said, she's no stranger to f- people finishing off around her. Anyway, continue. Correct. Um, damn. Um, yeah, so, so that's the case. But also, curiously enough, um, he knows that despite never watching a rerun. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we know that Monk is, like, a genius or, mm-hmm. like, a savant in some way. Mm-hmm. And so he memorized the lines of dialogue the first run through, which yeah. is very impressive, yes. in my opinion. So, you know, Monk wants to watch another episode, the babysitter one. Um, but Kim Kelly comes in and is like, how's the investigation going? Obviously, Monk is not really thinking about that. But apparently they got a surveillance photo. Mm-hmm. And there's a man across the street. Um, and But Monk just wants to watch more episodes and then take a tour of the house later. But Kim Kelly, being a good assistant, is like, no, 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 we got to do it now. And Monk, yeah. of course, learning that he can't watch more episodes, what does he say? Um, I don't remember. Oh, shocky darns. Oh, right, yeah. So then they take a tour of the house, and, you know, Monk is making some suggestions once they get to, like, the bedroom, basically about uh, changing the locks, and then blacking out the windows, Mm -hmm. and getting some very heavy drapery. And uh, that's when they notice. uh, They notice the mirror that's on the the, The the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Which, I have to just say... I don't think that's, like, the best, like, thing. Like, it's not the best angle for, like, wanting to see yourself, yeah, like, yeah, getting porked or porking. It's, yeah, it, it's kind of weird. I don't know what's appealing about that. Because ultimately you're looking at yourself more than anything. And is that really who you want to be looking at? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I never understood that whole dynamic. But, uh, anyways. Uh, so, Monk thinks that she's just being careful about it when clearly she's just a horny, horny, horny woman. Yes, um, perhaps too horny. Um, I, I oh, know not perhaps, sorry. definitely too horny. <laughs> definitely too horny. Um, and so uh, Christina mentions that he definitely should read the book. But then, as they're talking, opens up the drawer, and uh, surprisingly, even though they're nowhere near a southern kitchen, she's got a biscuit in there. Yeah, she's got a biscuit. She's ready to fucking cook. Um, and they mentioned that they got it for Christine after the first threatening letter that she received. Under- understood. Um, yeah. And so then they're walking around, and Monk is bringing up a continuity error with the show, where apparently Christine was allergic to peanuts in one episode, but then ate peanut brownies a few seasons later. Um, you know, I love a good continuity yeah. error like that. Um, you know, uh, yeah. I remember that I, when I was on the community subreddit all the time, almost every week someone would post the same continuity error, where in season one... Um, you hear Pierce's mom on the phone, a speakerphone, say, I saw your father's ghost again. He's still angry. But then Pierce's dad shows up in season three. Um, but of course, the people who say that that's a continuity error don't realize that in season three, in the text, 
Britta says to him, I thought your mom was, uh, your dad was dead. And Pierce says, yeah, mom liked to act like he was that way. So they cover it up. Thank you very much. But anyway. Okay. Um, All right. My point like being, my point being that TV shows are much better about continuity, whereas back in the day, it's like, fuck it. Let's switch out uh, the Darrens on Bewitched. Who cares? Um, anyway. Um, so, uh, Monk is, you know, he has no, he has, he has no questions that are not related to the show. So, um, Christine wants to go get dressed and she invites Monk to, um, to watch her, which just based on the interaction she's had, the fact that she says that shows that she's too horny. Like, I mean, that's just obscene. She doesn't just want him to watch her. She definitely wants the bone. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She, cause it's, it's been like what, like three minutes and she hasn't had sex. So. Uh, I don't want to cast aspersions, but, like, I mean, Cheech and Chong. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, I know I've made a lot of, okay, no, if we're trying to book Andy, I'm not going to go any further. Yeah, you don't need to. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah. If, the thing about this show is if we have doubts as to whether or not we should say something, the answer is no. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyways, yeah. so then, uh, you know, they go through the whole thing, and then um, they go inside, and Monk or notices the Silver Globe. Which I wish they just named a different. I wish they just did a different award thing because it's so obvious it's Golden Globe. I wish they just made up something else. You know what I mean? Right, the Golden Sphere or something. Yeah, or like the the silver. Um... No, silver implies second place. You need gold. That's true. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like the the Screen Stars Award or something like that. Some. Yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, so she won it. She won it for a TV movie about anorexia called um, The Vanishing Girl, I believe. Um, yeah. And based like on that. her age when they imply it happened. That must have been cutting it stuff, but no one knew what that was, you know? Um, right. Like, what do you mean right. women wouldn't want to eat? Um, and this is all happening. It's just him and Kim, I think, because she excuses herself. To, I mean, to like, dress, she yeah. excused herself yeah, yeah. to dress. And so while they're going over the particulars about this particular TV movie, um, you hear Christine scream out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so Monk and Kim, you know, run up to the bathroom where she's at. And uh, luckily, or unluckily, depending on how you look at it, she's fully dressed. Mm-hmm. But there is a message on the uh, mirror written in lipstick that says, next time I won't miss. Mm. And so they're wondering how he got in at, afterwards when they're at the station. Figured maybe just broke into the basement. But the advice to her is check into a motel under an assumed name. Um, but if we learned, sorry, but if we learned anything from Zodiac, mm-hmm. there are no such thing as basements in California, my friend. Unless unless you're the guy at the end uh, with the projections, though. So, you know. Well, right. Right. Yeah, he has a basement. Uh, so she she is the Zodiac Killer. She is the Zodiac Killer. Obviously, that's canon. Um, it's canon. And so uh, they're looking at the handwriting, and the handwriting on the mirror matches the letters that were written. But it's clear that it's kind of bad, so they assume that it's someone. Well, Randy says it's probably someone who's right-handed using their left hand, or if they're a lefty using their right hand, or if they're ambidextrous writing after several drinks. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I... I I fucking love Randy. Yeah. God, I wish he... I wish, honestly, I wish half the time he had more stuff to do. Yeah, he's great. Um, and so, at this time, Stoudemire's questioning Steven, who played, I believe, Billy Cooper, who says Chucky Darns. Um, he doesn't have an alibi, uh, but, um, you know, he's... But he said he didn't do it. And as is going on, Monk sees that Billy Cooper's being interviewed and is freaking out. 
Yeah, he's freaking out, and he's uh, you know he's spouting off the famous "Aw shucky darns" line while he's getting questioned mm-hmm. um, by Sotomayor, um, which is like always funny, like when this stuff happens in Sotomayor's office as opposed to like an interrogation room. Like I just don't understand why that's the case. I mean, I think it's probably just a level of like formality and. Um because he's a per- just a person of interest. He's not a uh, suspect. Okay. I'm not sure. I don't know if that's how it actually works, but I think it's just like he's not under arrest, and I think that they don't want him to feel like he's... Because I think that if you put someone in an interrogation room who doesn't think that they're a suspect, then they're going to not give you information. Whereas I think if you make them think that they're just being questioned like as a random friend or a person of interest, then they're more likely to open up, I assume. Um, but uh, Monk comes in, and... He's freaking out about it. He's thinking that maybe he's getting that maybe uh, Stevens getting letters too. Um, but what we learn is that um, he had said publicly that Christine was dead to him. Um, and Monk says, "Why did you say that? And do you remember the three things that he says?" Uh, because she is a loudmouth and a tramp. A loudmouth, and- a liar, and a tramp. Okay, yeah. I only yeah. recognize, or I only remember the most funny ones. And so, Stottmeyer may give Monk an order that Monk needs to read the book. And, uh, boy, does he read the book. Yeah, he's, uh, he's reading it, and, uh, luckily for him, um, it, th- he got a censored copy where page 73 was taken out. Because yes. apparently that was too salacious. Yes. Um,. I do love when Monk points to something and says, what is that? And Natalie says, I don't know. And Monk says, thank you for not knowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and He's so, yeah. Soul. So page 73 is out and Monk realizes this and he sees that Natalie has it and he's trying to grab it to look at it. And Natalie does the thing that, honestly, she really does something important here. In order to make sure Monk doesn't read it, she eats page 73. Yeah, um, she's on a... High carb diet? I don't know. Is paper considered carbs? I guess I don't know. I've never eaten paper. Um, have you ever eaten a piece of paper for fun? I definitely have. Yes, I definitely have. Yeah. Um, After cheating on a test. Wow. The only way to get rid of the evidence. Um, yeah. And so we see that. Uh, Find it. I dare you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christine is checking into hotel using cash. She, you know. Get talks to the clerk and then she goes up the stairs to the motel and after like a few seconds um, you hear some gunshots the biscuits singing and a guy falls down the stairs and the clerk calls 911 yeah uh, you know she she brought the biscuit with her she mm. took the biscuit to go there we go there we go there he is um, yep and so Christine's, you know, freaking out, and she said, because she shot a guy, says, you know, he must have followed me, um, she saw a knife, but we then learned from Stalmeyer that this is a guy named Victor Timlinson, who is, according to Stalmeyer, a nobody, I mean, he's got no record, he manages a Taco Bell, he spent 15 years working for the city, and then he was in the mailroom at an accounting firm, and then a few years at community college before that. Yeah, which is like, it's, I mean, it, it asked, this is like a statement that begs a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. He went from all that to being a manager at Taco Bell, or was he a manager at Taco Bell first? I wasn't sure. No, he went to that, from all that to being a manager at Taco Bell. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, which, you know. I mean, ba- uh, I'll say this. Based on the fact that he's blackmailing someone, maybe he has like a gambling problem or something like that, you know? So that maybe that's just speculating. Because yeah, I personally sure. don't decide to blackmail a lot of people after 15 years, you know. But maybe if I was in deep gambling debt, I would. Um, so just keep in mind, everyone I have secrets on, if 
if I get a deep gambling debt, expect a call. Um. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, good thing you live four hours away. I also don't have any secrets. <laughs> what secrets am I going to spill? Um, anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, Everyone's got secrets, buddy. That you have tweeted Mommy Milky once before. That's public. Um, although that was because someone else did it. Just for context, a politician accidentally tweeted Mommy Milky and then you retweeted it. That's not her there. Um, classic. Anyway. Uh, they say that he must have written all the letters because he has some letters in his pocket. You know, I can do transitions. I don't give a shit. Um, he also yeah. lives in Sunset Heights, which is the neighborhood that all the letters were coming from. Um, which is a beautiful neighborhood if you've ever been to San Francisco. I'm glad to hear it. Um, and they're trying to figure out why, though. Why would he do such a thing? Right. Um, but, like, after this, uh, you know, well, they mentioned the fact that page 73 was not read. Um... And then he goes, like, this is, like, the hardest thing, right, for me? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it goes directly into this, but this is how my notes go. But he basically goes into slut-shaming mode. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, and he, he doesn't... mentions that maybe maybe she should have called her old friend Bob Denver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, uh, the thing is, Monk is, um, he's just not, whatever, he's sex-negative is the thing. So, like, um, and so... It is kind of tough, but it is also, like, if he act... Re- unfortunately, if he reacted any other way, it would probably be out of character. Like, unfor- like this is kind of exactly how you'd expect him to react, unfortunately. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, but, uh, you know, she says that I was just a girl trying to be a little less lonely. And the thing that I really don't like, though, is that Monk acts like this ruins yes. the whole show for him. Like, I I don't want to say I don't mind that Monk sludge shapes her, because that's bad. But, like, I, it's whatever. Like, he's he's in a bad place. The character's doing a bad thing. But I find it to be, like, over way too dramatic to be, like, that he that ruined the show. You know? Like, I don't care well, how wholesome a show is. Just because a cast member slept around doesn't mean the show's ruined. Well, not only that, but, like, for some reason, she, um, she finds a, a need to apologize for her behavior. Like... You can yeah, be, I mean, you might have you might find the need to apologize for that behavior to the people that were involved I agree. in the situation, but yeah. not but not at all. To I think that you, I think what you're picking up on is correct. Is that even though the 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 show doesn't have as staunch of a stance against Monk, I think the show also is not as like I don't think that what she just does is right. Just making a book about who all the people she had sex with, but having sex with a bunch of people when you're young is not a bad. It's not a thing that should be, you know, shamed. And I think the the show itself is kind of um, taking it aside that even though Monk's going... The show kind of is like, even though Monk's going overboard, this is a bad thing that she does, did that she should apologize for. And so yeah, I agree that she shouldn't have anything to apologize for about. Yeah, like, it just happened. Like, mm-hmm. if anything, I could see you needing to apologize for, like, making it well-known to the public. Yeah, yeah, uh, writing a book, maybe, you know. Maybe, maybe, but... Uh, no, I, I think, think that that'll be, like, like, yeah, I think it'll be a reasonable thing. But also, not don't apologize to Monk. Like, apologize to Ricardo Montalbán, right. you know what I mean? Um, right. Apologize to Cheech and Chong. Exactly. Um, and so, uh, you know, they then cut to Monk is kind of sad, but Natalie has a surprise, but she's warning him about the surprise. Yeah, she's warning him. Um, not only that, but she needs an alert to warn him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so her surprise is that she called up Ambrose and found his favorite snack, which is ten round crackers and a glass of apple juice with one ice cube. Oh my God, this guy needs to live, I'm sure. Yeah. Do you think he's ever had, like, Mexican food in his life? No, definitely not. Mexican food is inherently mixed together. <laughs> right, right, right. 
Um, so yeah, that, that's that's one of his things. And not only does she bring that, but she rented his favorite show, which mm-hmm. he wants nothing to do with at this moment mm-hmm. in time. Yeah, the Cooper Clan. So they fire up one of the discs, um, and because uh, Natalie's really going overboard, like singing the theme song, etc. Um, and so they look at the disc, and they have four episodes on it. There's where there's fire, there's smoking, slumber party pooper, grounded for life. And then Monk looks at the back of the DVD, and episode four on it is broken arm, broken heart. And that gives an epiphany to Monk. So Monk tells her to put it on. And what does he say? He says the immortal words that Monk says whenever someone has a TV remote. Picture go fast. Yeah, picture go fast. Uh, picture regular. Mm-hmm. Um, love that. And um, he notices something in a scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly when... Okay, because the whole episode, I guess, revolves around her at some point breaking her arm or something. Mm-hmm. And so she mentions that nobody groovy mm-hmm. has uh, signed her cast. Um, yep, we've all been there. Cast? I've never had a cast, no. I've had a walking boot, but you don't sign that. Yeah, you grew up in a different age. Um, what do you mean? I definitely had multiple... A walking boot? They were given walking boots when you were growing up. <laughs> you, a walking boot has a different purpose than a cast. Oh, what is a walking boot for? Well, a walking boot is if you have a injury on the bottom of your foot. Because you can't cast up a bottom of... It's basically like if you have a stress fracture on your foot. Or something that um, you need to... You can still walk up, but it just needs to be stabilized. Um, like, I said... Because if I were to have it in a cast, okay, it has to be in a what's wheelchair. Okay, what's, what's the difference between a walking boot and an air cast? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. But a walking boot is mostly just like... It's a it's an injury that's not super bad on the, fo- in the foot area. And you can still kind of walk on it. But like I said, if I, would have, if I were to have the area that I got my foot broken in in a cast, I would have to be on crutches for, like, six months. And so, like, that, not six months, so like, three months. you didn't break your foot. What did you do? What did no, you I do? stress fractured a bone in my foot, so I did break my foot. I broke a bone in my foot from a stress fracture. Oh, okay. I broke eight of my fingers. How? I, uh, I got dizzy, um, I, 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 when I was a kid, I got really dizzy, like, spinning a, no, I'm sorry. I was spinning in a computer chair, mm-hmm. and I got super dizzy. And then when I got off, mm-hmm. I fell and I landed on my face. But I broke my fall this way. Mm. So I Less broke idea. all these fingers, and then I broke both of my ankles at the same time skateboarding. Did you get any of those casts uh, signed? No, that wasn't like a thing that I mean. No, when I was when I had my fingers, I was like in like third grade. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I did. Uh, but by the time I was in high school, like, yeah, no. And so she then decides, Kathy in the show, to sign her own cast with her left hand, and then Monk says, picture freezer, and that's where he recognized the hand. He recognized the handwriting the whole time, that that's who's writing the letters. Yes. Uh, so it appears that Christine has got some, as we can refer to another uh, sitcom, mm-hmm. she's got some explaining to do. Exactly. I appreciate that I saw you on that walk, and I was willing to go down there with you. Um, and so, uh, Monk's trying to figure out why she would try to want want to kill Timlinson, because clearly the idea is that she set him up so then she could shoot him. Um, so they go to, um, the, his apartment and, uh, they, I love that Monk opens up the door and Natalie's like, are you going in? He says, it'd be a crime not to. It'd be a crime if we did. So it doesn't matter either way. Which, those are the kind of clever lines that I like that they give Bunk in these last this last season, is that he gets a lot of those. Or he's a lot, he can make jokes, which is fun. Right. Well, they also mentioned that, like, uh, obviously he's not home yeah. because he's dead, for mm-hmm. one. Uh, so they go inside, and uh, they're checking around, and, um, you know, there's nothing there. And that's, Monk is immediately suspicious because, of 
according to everything that's been going on, this had to have been the work of a an obsessive fan. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing in there to suggest that this yep. person was obsessed with her at all. Exactly. Or there's like there's he's expecting a shrine, in other words. Yeah. And so they're looking around. The place is really dirty. And so Natalie and Monk split up, and Monk sees a book that says interior decorating, which obviously this is, guy wouldn't have because his apartment's a pigsty. And so Monk opens up the book, and in it there's a hollowed-out spot, and there's an envelope that says ballots on it. And in those ballots, what are those ballots cast? That's right. They all say Emma Stone, La La Land. Yeah. No, they don't. Uh, well, I would have made the, uh, what's it called, uh, La La Land Best Picture. Well, yeah, but the thing with the reason I said Emma Stone La La Land is because the reason they screwed up is because the card said Emma Stone La La Land. It didn't say La La Land Best Picture. Oh, really? Well, yeah, because the thing is, oh, let me explain this. So this is for everyone. So the way that it works is that because um, the presenters come in from both sides of the stage, there are two copies of, not anymore, but there were two copies of every single envelope with the winners, right? And so if someone comes in from the right side, then the guy on the right side gives it, and then he di- and the guy on the left side discards. If it comes on the left side, the guy, left side guy gives it, and the right guy discards right what happened okay. with the best picture is that the guy who was supposed who because they did best actress right beforehand the guy who was on the side that didn't get the envelope taken forgot to discard his envelope so he gave warren Beatty the envelope for emma stone best uh, best actress that's why warren Beatty looks so confused it's because he's like, this is clearly not the right card. And, of course, Faye Dunaway had to jump the gun. And everyone was making fun of Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty knew something was up. She had to be like, oh. Well, to be fair, Warren Beatty looks confused all the time. Maybe. That is true. That is true. But he was in the right. See, so, yeah, that's what happened. That's how the screw-up happened. So, but what actually is in those envelopes? I mean, in that envelope. Uh, there are a bunch of uh, ballots that were clearly for the other uh, people in that category. Yeah. For the year that she won the Silver Globe. Yeah. And so uh, Monk's, you know, like, Natalie, Natalie, I got it. And, of course, he gets knocked out um, by Christine. And then he wakes up. Yes. Well, we, we come back, and we're in an yeah. episode of the Cooper clan um, where there's a broken vase, um, and they're trying to figure out, the whole family's meeting to figure out who did it. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, all the kids are, like, arguing amongst themselves, why don't you ever blame this person? Why don't you ever blame that person? And eventually they're just like, why don't you ever blame Adrian? Mm-hmm. Which immediately, like, all right, clearly this is going to happen. Let's get mm-hmm. it over with. And sure enough, Adrian comes in to the laugh mm-hmm. track or to the woo. It's not even a laugh track. I think it's a live audience. They're cheering for him a ton. Oh, cheering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. So it's like a live audience cheering. And um, he's, clearly, uh, he's clearly living out some sort of fantasy where mm-hmm. he's the popular guy. He's mm-hmm. uh, the popular star QB. Mm-hmm. No one makes fun of him. He's living out an alternate history, basically. Yeah, through the and show. he thanks his dad for never driving away and never coming back. Um, it's a very uncomfortably long hug. Uh, yes. And then he says, you know, Kathy, who's, of course, Christine's character, is there anything you'd like to say? And her confession is not anything about the murders. It's that Scamp apparently broke the vase, which, no, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. Um it was well. I mean, okay, he probably did, but well, the, the yeah, thing she said that did. I didn't yeah, want to yeah, tell yeah. you, I didn't want to tell you because you sent it back to the kettle. And then she monks like anything else. Yeah, I looked in Janie's diary, and then monks like no, no, no. I'm talking about this, and he grabs the silver globe trophy, and he confronts her. Now I'll say this: I think that anytime adult children are talking like adults are possessing them and the adult is talking to them like an adult it's always funny to me like i think that this whole the, the way this scene plays out is funny to me i don't know how you feel about it 
Yeah, they. Be, no, I mean it is. Um, and it's funny because we have a young Cameron Monaghan mm-hmm. uh, playing like the teenage son. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting to see. Uh, but basically, you know, Monk is like telling. They're all going over like how they ended up, and I well, no, wait, wait, wait you, you missed the whole. The whole. Here's what happened. The how they ended up is after that. Oh yeah, yeah, right. So okay, she explains. To, he explains to the child Christine mm-hmm. that she met. A fan named Victor Timlinson, which it still bothers me that Timlinson and not Tomlinson. Correct. I fucking hate yeah, that. Yeah, it's not good. Um, and apparently she knew where he worked, and uh, he had worked for an accounting firm that was referenced earlier in the episode. Yeah. I forgot what the name of it is. Feynman and Kelly, which it's Price Waterhouse Cooper is what it's pretending to be, which exactly. is the Oscars. It, it's an accounting firm who tabulates votes, mm-hmm. and this particular firm tabulated the votes for the Silver Globes, mm-hmm. and clearly. In the midst of like her knowing where he worked, and she, I guess, seduced him. I, I, we're too I mean, we're, she clearly had powers of seduction. Happened. Correct. Um, I mean, who has not watched Big and wanted to? Never mind. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, clearly, he rigged the final tally mm-hmm. in her favor. And once she started writing her book, as a result, like, I mean, nobody would be interested in her book if she was just a child star, I'm sure. I mean, I think that they still would be. There would be an, an audience, but not a, like, massive audience for it. I don't think anybody would really give a fuck about a Best Supporting Actress in a TV movie correct. writing a fucking book. No, yes, correct. But, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry. it adds a little bit of... It adds no, a little bit well, of no, spice, no, but, no, like, but the thing about the book, the, the Supporting Actress thing, the Silver Globe was more about her acting career than it was about her uh, book. No, 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 for sure. But, like, I just don't think that that would, like, amp it up that much. That's fair. Who the fuck cares about a Golden Globe? I guess what I think the thing what they're trying to imply is, is that, because this was 15 years before this, this episode takes place, that she was not treated seriously as an actress until she did that, which is an, a thing that happens in Hollywood. Now, do I think that a Silver Globe really would change that? No, because a Silver Globe is fictional. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, can, keep going. Right. Right, well, anyways, yeah, so once she started writing her book, Timlinson, like, knew that, and because we're made to assume that he's a fucking nobody, mm-hmm. um, he saw a payday in his, uh, in his midst, mm-hmm. and so he shook her down, and mm-hmm. to avoid, uh, to avoid him eventually, I, she had paid him off at some point, or, like, we don't know the fact. No, that, she, like, well, yeah, she, apparently she, what Monk says is that he probably, she probably never paid him off, because he, she knew once she did that it would never stop, which, you know, that is probably oh, right. true. Yeah. So, in order to avoid him spilling the truth, she decided to set up the whole uh, him being an obsessive fan mm. and uh, that whole situation. Yeah. So, she arranged for him to show up, or they were going to meet at this hotel, uh, a famous hotel, Safari Inn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google it. And, um, and as a result, she set him up and she had it ready to go. She had a knife that she planted on him and she had a bunch of like angry letters that she wrote with her left hand. Um, she had it all figured out. And, uh, and yeah, the only thing that like helped that the, the thing that helped Monk figure it out was obviously finding the ballots mm. in his, uh, yeah. apartment as an, but as, as what would have been an insurance policy. Cause what I, what I do appreciate is that, uh, she, the mom character says, Kathy, we've talked about this. Killing people is never the answer. Yeah. 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 And the dad who uh, plays a small role in Parks and Rec, uh, which is just notable, not notable. It's actually the opposite of notable. Um, and I go back and forth on whether I like this whole sitcom. I like it because it's different, and Monk is very rarely different, if that makes sense. It doesn't really experiment with stuff that often. Um, and so, uh, anyway, it's like he doesn't have any proof. I do just I just love a child's living line. The DA is going to laugh you out of his office. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then this is where he brings up the real ballots. 
Um, and, you know, the monk's very disappointed. And this is where it goes to the whole family. Uh, it goes to Janie. Do you know where she is now? What Do you remember what she's doing? Uh, Janie, I think she has a kid with the other guy. And she's in Miami dancing in a strip club. Also, once again, this episode is very sex negative. Um, but not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that is just clue. That's just the show saying that that's bad. That's not, you know, <laughs> Monk's judgment. Yeah, um, we, we are not kink-shaming here. No, we're not kink-shaming. I do love that gets this baby allegedly is with a guy who played Danny. I do love, like, I don't even know if that's baby's mine, uh, which I like. Right, and then and then the youngest kid, uh, unfortunately, is hooked on Crystal Matt. Yeah. Um, not a good look. And apparently this is the last job he had, and I think... In terms of a rule of three, not a rule of three so much, but in terms of setting up a joke, I think having the Shucky Darms pepper through it and then him being told that he didn't work again because of crystal meth and his reaction is, Shucky Darms is really good. Like, that's just, that's funny. It is good, but I just find it incredibly hard to believe that he would have somehow had the funds to buy crystal meth later on in life if this was his last act. I mean, crystal meth famously is not expensive. That's kind of the whole thing, isn't it? Well, fine, but you can't buy as a fucking 10-year-old or a no, 13-year-old. No, yeah, but he's not a 10-year-old or 13-year-old. I think that he probably just continued school and stuff and then didn't work again after that, and then he got hooked on meth when he was, like, 18. I didn't expect... I, I didn't think he like, literally I, got hooked on meth after the show ended. I thought that's kind of what it was. Anyway, it doesn't actually matter. Um, yeah. And so then the audience starts laughing, and Monk's kind of frustrated, but then the mom says, help me! And we realize it's one of those things that happens in movies and TV shows where the dream starts to bleed in, which... I really like never had diegetic. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Does that ever happen to you where something in your dream starts to? I mean, something in real life starts to bleed into your dream? No, because I never sleep like when someone would be somebody would be like talking to me in person, mm-hmm. like ever. It yeah, just... I used my alarm wake up alarm used to be the duck sound on the iPhone because I'm a masochist, and that occasionally I would start to hear a duck, but then I very rarely be like, oh, that's my alarm. Anyway, um, so yeah, Monk's unconscious, and Natalie is in a tussle with Christine. Um, and he eventually gets himself up, and, uh, he, he picks up the biscuit, and he holds Christina at gunpoint, and, uh, he says, you're in big trouble, young lady. Yeah, which is a reference to mm. episode five of yeah. whatever season, who the fuck is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then they go back to return the book, and, um, Monk wants not only just the money for the book, but also the change that he asked the bookstore owner to keep. Um, and, uh, he says his problem with the book is that she's a whore. And she killed someone. Once again, whore is just oh, a word that's just not great. I just yeah, don't like hearing that yeah, word anymore. Yeah. It's really not a uh, not something I expect to hear unless I I write sins not tragedies comes on Spotify. You know, it's really not. Dude, I just I just recently heard that this guy's a piece of shit too. Who, Brennan Yuri? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. He kicked out. I don't know if it's anything. Like, this is unrelated to whatever other stuff he did. But the fact that he basically like kicked out every member of the band like a couple years ago and then started making generic. I mean, not that I liked their stuff beforehand so much, but still. High Hopes is one of the worst songs it I've is. ever heard in my life. And it's just like, it's don't also like, it. even the songs that, the older songs that I don't like so much, at least was in- inventive and like kind of unique in terms of music. Whereas High Hope is like the most generic. Um, also, it has the exact, let's just talk about it, it has the same melody as Lil Wayne's Sky's the Limit, but no one wants to talk about that. No no one wants to talk about that. Um, I don't even know Lil Wayne's I can't do it because it says the N word multiple times with the chorus. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, so, they return the book, and of course, page 73 is not in there, but they replaced it with a page from Oliver Twist. Yeah, um, which, sure. Um, yeah, be, yeah because obviously Natalie ate the page. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the the bookstore owner was like, hey, like, this is a damaged book. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this, this is, ah, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And he points, Monk points to the sign, no questions, yeah. within seven days. Yeah, which, so, honestly, that's just rude. And, 
And not only that, he wants to change back, yeah. which we end up finding out it's only 12 cents. So Monk and Natalie leave, and Monk feels upset that, you know, he they were the only family he had, and he lost the Cooper clan. But Natalie says the thing that we always talk about, that you have me and Julie and Randy and Cap, but Monk says it's not the same. You guys don't say funny things. By the way, when's the last time we saw Julie? Uh, a while ago, but she's... I know for a fact she's gonna come up Mr. Monk and the Critic in a couple episodes, so... Um, okay. Yeah, I think Emmy Clark is probably just, you know, in school. Okay. Uh, but yeah, and then Natalie's like, oh, but they had writers. And so, of course, the classic say something funny. Natalie starts a knock-knock joke, and Monk says, that's not funny. What do you give this, what do you give this episode out of ten? I gave it a seven and a half. So did I. I think it's solid. Um, I you know I think that there's stuff I like about it. I don't love some of the stuff early on with Monk, but I think that the uh, I like I like the I like the end sitcom bit because like I said, it's different and it just is like it's fun. Um, and it lets Tony it is, it play is, stuff. It is different. It is different, but I do have a lot of problems with the sexual politics in this episode. Correct. Um, yeah. I sure. yes. Uh, and more important than that, please follow us on Twitter at Strictly Monk and Andre Rupil follow you. You can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the Jay Christie. Please rate and subscribe. And uh, share the show with the biggest Monk fan in your life. Um, whether you're listening to this in 2021 when recording it, or you're listening to it in 2027, you know? Uh, this show, Monk is timeless in that it's over. Um, but uh, yes. more important than that, tune in uh, next week as we talk about Mr. Monk and the Foreign Man. Bongamonos Monkey.